Hello, ladies and gentlemen. you got to pose in the Matrix here. I am deeply sorry about this kerfuffle we've had tonight. My goodness. I, I got a feeling that we're not supposed to do this show. Yeah, and according to a couple of other things, too. Anyway, uh, we're going to keep trying. Uh, we're having a lot of trouble getting Brian to come on. Brian wants to be on tonight and trying to get him on. And uh, it's been really difficult. So uh, I got to let these guys in here. Okay, gentlemen, we're all on here now. So Brian, are you there? I think Brian left his um, his laptop at home. I mean, at work. And uh, so he's not able to get on with us tonight. And um, I've been trying everything. So anyway, um, we're just going to have to go for it. So it's our, anyway, we're starting about uh, 10 or 15 minutes early, or late. And uh, so tonight uh, we had we had talked about um, getting on and um, and going and talking about multi dimensions, the multiverse, and the Mandela effect, and some weird things that are going on, and some really weird things that are going on, and uh, our little theory about what might be going on with this, these little things that are happening. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn this over to Eric and Jim for about five or ten minutes, because I am so fried right now from trying to get this up and running. <laughs> I, I probably need to regather my thoughts. So, Jim, why don't you... Uh, familiarize us with what we're going to yeah. talk about with tonight okay okay tonight's program entertaining the reality of a multiverse and how it plays out in our reality first we'll discuss what has happened to um dave eric and myself in the last two weeks the lord's really impressed upon all of us um a sudden shift a sudden awareness of on and every form of media and everything it just it was all focused on this idea of the multiverse so we have to consider some historical recent events we got to look at cern of course with its activity and lack of activity we have to include and consider what truth and lies exist within the mandela effect and the fact that the presidential candidate biden uh made a dramatic flight to cern to see if they messed up his mind with dimensional manipulation because um he has a memory of being jailed with mandela and this is serious. He literally took off. Now, uh, Dave vetted it out because he thought this is really just too weird. But it's on all the major networks. Um, you know, it's not any, anything they're even trying to cover up. He did take a trip to CERN to say, okay, what are you guys doing? Um, there's a sudden large order of condensers made by CERN, which is reflected as a technology necessary to travel from time to dimension. And it's reflective and revealed in many of the movies lately that have shown this as a key component. That leads to the suggested program of Hollywood, the sudden flurry in streaming videos about a multiverse. Um, one called The Dark was one that is in its third season now. And first it started out as a time travel situation, but now it's transversed into the idea of a multidimensional time travel situation. Um, that's reflective in The Man in the High Castle. Also, I started watching some old reruns of Stargate uh, SG-1, from back in the late 90s, and I'm at an episode where I had missed a whole period, and I never knew that they had one that started out, okay, they started out with space uh, and dimensional through portals. Then it was, uh, they had manipulated that and could do time travel with it. And then the last transition, which included um, capacitors as the key subst uh, component to go not only from time but then to 
alternate dimensions um, and, and flight in that kind of a means too. So this is, I mean, what are the chances that all of this is going to happen in just the last week? This is what God has been showing us all through this week. So it's like, we're all scratching our heads and going, oh, my gosh, you know, the Lord's trying to tell us that much of what we're in today is a result of not only just uh, space-time manipulation, but also dimensional manipulation. So that brings us back to CERN. And the reason it was supposed to fire up this year, I've been looking for the weather to indicate an axis rotation. And guess what? It's not the weather is not cooperating. There's no indication that we've had an axis shift this year. Um, it was, it was uh, Eric, you're the one that, you know, told me that, that uh, Google said that they weren't going to fire up this year. They're going to fire up last year, right? They're going to fire up in 2021. Right, 2021. Yep. yep. Which which means, now, in, in my understanding, they always fired it up on the 23rd of September during an axis shift. 23rd of September, what's the significance of that? It seems to be a co-junction co with all of the uh, Jewish feasts and holidays seem to culminate on a day, and all of the occult holidays seem to culminate on the same day. So, you know, we're seeing a same and opposite situation coming on in this one event in this one time. Well, I thought for sure that it would be this year because it would be to have a reset, as David Wilkerson said, turning everything upside down. Um, as Mark Taylor said, it would be the um, the reset for the Earth. Now it doesn't look like it's going to happen. You know, what I was expecting was this New Age rapture situation to happen. And uh, if they're going to, you know, this is just my own mind's thinking. Maybe, I mean, God is God. He can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, and however he wants. But the patterns that have been followed up to this point has indicated that an Earth axis would be necessary for CERN to be able to bring this stuff over. They're just tweaking out the natural forces of events that are that are going on in the cosmos. And it doesn't look like it's going to happen this year, folks. And if that's the case, we have an election coming up. And we can see the current trends with uh, the protesters and everything and what's going on. Um, you know, they originally told us what they wanted. They wanted uh, the Confederacy thing. It was an uh, offense and everything. And But you know what? This is going on the whole darn world, everywhere. Right. They're tearing down statues in Europe. They're tearing down statues. You know, they're trying to, to erase the past history to change the culture and to change their countries into a globalist socialist. It's all a communist um, manipulation employ headed by Soros. Um, when you look at uh, Black Lives Matter, follow the money trail. It's not politically correct or incorrect. It tells you where this money ends up. You know where it goes? The Democratic National Convention. After every, a bunch of people get a little piece here, a little piece there, it goes to the DNC. How weird is that? This is all about making sure that Trump doesn't get another four years. The powers that be, the swamp people, they are scared to death. That if, uh, to have another four years of Trump. So they're doing whatever they can. If they can use the pandemic, they'll use it. If they can use the um, the protesters, they'll use it. Now all of a sudden, birds of a feather flocking together. All of the, um, it's the enemy of my enemy is, you know, becomes my friend. So so we have uh, the new, the new blacks are now what they're calling the Muslims. They're calling uh, the gay community. They're calling the um, the communists. It's like, it all is about destroying the Judeo-Christian principles of the United States of America and turning it into what they desire. Uh, guess what? It's not in God's plan. I know God's plan, according to Amos 3, 
seven. And you know what? That's not included. So it's not going to come to uh, a fruition. It's just not going to happen. You're not in that plan. So for us, again, it's important. We need to know the plan of God. That is the only thing that's going to give us stability. It's going to see us through. I mean, Biden, Dave, you're the one to tell them about Biden. That just blew my mind, man. That just doesn't make any sense at all. Flying okay. to CERN. Well, it was a really weird thing because <laughs> I, I was looking up his name because I was doing an Ekamatria name search on him. And one of the words that came up, and I can't remember what it is right now. Um, I had I typed it into Google or whatever. I think DuckDuckGo because I don't like Google anymore. But um, and all of a sudden this article comes up from. Uh, it might be because I had my VPN turned on to Switzerland too. Maybe that had something to do with it. But um, yeah, all of a sudden it came up. You know, there's an article. Joe Biden flew to CERN because uh, uh, they he thought that uh, uh, he had actually been in South Africa and had been in jail with Nelson Mandela. And um, I guess at CERN, they told them, no, that had never happened, but he kept insisting on the fact that it happened. And uh, so I'm like, okay, well, this has got to be like from the onion or the Babylon Bee or something, because it's so stupid. So it's, it's, it's so unbelievable that I can't, I can't believe it. And then I, I typed, I, I went back to the search engine and I went down and it was like in one of the, the London papers, you know, a reputable London paper. And it was in a paper somewhere else over in Europe and somewhere else, another uh, reputable paper in the United States and word for word. And I'm like, okay, this, this, there's something to this. And so, you know, when I get stuff like this, I send it right off to Jim and Eric because it's like, okay, I've edited this out. Now you've at me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I look and I go, oh, my gosh, you know, and then, and then remember, guys, I had watched uh, I started watching episodes of uh, SG1 uh, that I had missed because I was working two jobs at the time and, and I didn't have time to watch these other parts. So I missed them entirely. And of course, back when that program was on, I didn't know half of what I knew today about all this stuff. So I'm looking at it at fresh eyes and it's episodes where. Originally, they started out traveling space through stargates. Then, as they were traveling space, they did, found out that they had an ability to travel time and the space. So they can only visit a place, but they could go forward or backward in time. Then, right. on the episodes that I missed totally, oh, you go back in time, but if you're protected and shielded while you do this, then somehow it safely manipulates you so that you can go through the multiverse and you can go through other versions of things so um here they end up in a version where you know uh the uh what was well there was there were several variations that Gaul were gone but now there was these uh these other entities and um the colonel i mean everybody had progressed in in different positions and now all of a sudden it's all back as if it never that never happened so it was a different complete scenario so the and the the main technological component was a capacitor somehow this capacitor was able to function while it was already in flux in between time and space and now it could go into a multiverse into different variations but they needed this capacitor now when you had told me that and i saw this picture then i'm realizing wait a minute i just saw a news article that cern had just ordered a huge amount of capacitors for their next firing next year I'm going, oh. uh, 
what are the chance in, in one week we get all this information at one time and then we start reviewing, you know, you and I, I I'm the one that told you about the man in the high castle and you had binge watched you and <laughs> you and the yeah, wife. We binge binge watched watched the whole it, yeah. <laughs> and that was like, what, four seasons, I think on it, the fourth season was the end of it. And again, they started with, you know, with uh, pulling different dimensional versions of uh, not losing World War II, but winning World War II, and this gave the uh, the underground new sense of hope and everything, and it caused the, uh, the American Nazi chapter to further their experimentation on what they were already working on, was trying to find out where these alternate films were coming from. Then they discovered, oh my gosh, we can visit these alternate universes, we can take them over. So the Nazis weren't just happy with taking this world over, they're going to take over all the other multidimensional worlds. So it's just crazy how the steps just, there was a theme in a lot of other movies. I was one, it was made in Germany, um, and I watched two seasons of it, it was called The Dark, uh, out of Netflix. And then, and again, it started with time travel, and it was about mainly this one guy who uh, was going all through time. He was the same person, going starting all the way back from World War II, where he was a Nazi officer in an experiment in time travel. And then it shows him um, as far into 2045, I think it was, um, where he was this old man, where they could extend life, and that's how come he was still around that long. But then all of a sudden, um, one of the main characters is visited by a gal that he already knew, but she died by at the hand of the Nazis. So he's wondering, you know, what the heck? It's, she says, no, it's not. I'm not you of your future. I'm from another dimension. Now the last season, which I haven't watched all of it yet, is all about multidimensional travel. So, I mean, what are the chances in just one week we get all this information, everything lines up at the same time, and we're going, and, and so Dave, Eric, and myself, we're going, wow, man, the Lord's trying to show us something about that. Well, then we started seeing the current events with Biden and, and CERN, how it was going to fire, and then it did this year, and now it's going to go next year, and the capacitors. I mean, it's like, my gosh, could it be, and here's what we've all, the three of us have been discussing this throughout the week, could it be? That some of the mess that we're in, some of what CERN is firing in, they're not just randomly opening up a pit. They are actually exploring a multiverse through uh, what we already know as a functional technology, the uh, the looking glass, which actually uh, Trump had began researching on his private uh, company, corporation that was working on this. And you know darn well, if, if he's got it, others are going to find it, and especially in uh, the God of this world, Satan, is showing his people all of this stuff before we uh, are discovering it. Yeah. And so they're already pioneering it. They're already manipulating and using it. And now they're looking at us as encroaching upon their technology or their fun things that they're doing. So the idea is that could it be that they are actually selecting, they're actually exploring the multiverse. When they say, oh, look, the Democratic Party became the Communist Party, and it's, they won and they accepted. Hey, let's laminate a little piece of that over into our reality. Boom, they do it. Right. And so that's why all of a sudden in a few days, why is it that everybody accepts the Democrats? They just come out and boldly say, because that dimension has been layered upon us. They see another one. Oh, the gays have taken over pretty much the whole world. Um, we like that, so let's bring in their thing. And all of a sudden, in a, in a, within a few days after certain fires up, Gay is just an accepted thing. They have political clout. Uh, you can't dare say anything or you get sued and you're a hater and all this other crazy stuff. Um, 
the other one, you know, where where uh, a calamity behavior of total civil disorder is just the, the thing of the day. If you get a little upset or mad, you can just go into a church or McDonald's and whack everybody. And, you know, that's just the way things are done. Oh, we like that element in that dimension. Let's bring that over. So every time they have fired up CERN, they're not just randomly, you know, opening up the pit and part of these things are coming out. They are literally... And when I say the pit, the fact is that could it be, and this is where we get into the biblical part, can it be that when Jesus said he would make everything right in his time, that that's what he did in his space, time, and dimension, everything is right. The earth that never fell, that never needed a redeemer, it was conformed into a dimension that was stayed consistent and solid and obedient to the Lord and God, and that is representing the tree of life mm -hmm. to get out of the mess that we're in we have to experience death to have a new life back to where we belong the one that never fell this one however is a computer program that's what quantum physics has clearly established it's not even a real world it's a visionary world that hopes to be real so it's kind of like pinocchio it's not a real boy but he's hoping to be a one real one but in order to do it, you got to do everything same and opposite of what God did. And so this is why we see the same and opposite pattern going all throughout our history, all throughout everything. Um, that's our reality, and that could be exactly what is happening. Sin had its effect in this artificial dimension that had a ripple effect. So that everything that everybody does or doesn't do creates in itself its own little universe based on that lack or the action or the lack of that action. So you can imagine that's infinity. That's uh, for every person ever lived. That's how sin has a rippling effect into everything. Now, I think it makes it the only way this multiverse made sense to me. I thought, oh, yeah, right. We can't even, I mean, we, we, we live in one time and we mess that up. How come we're going to go past and present? That was my problem with time travel. Well, God's not going to let us go forward and backward and mess everything up. Well, yeah, uh, in this realm anyway, not in his. Nothing's going to be touched. But in this realm, yeah, it, it could happen that way. And I understand the multiverse now. Wow, sin has its rippling effect so that it's almost infinite. Every person, everything. So as we conform our likeness to Christ, these universes implode on themselves. They just poop, go away because they're fitting into God's conformity. But even then, and this is what Eric and I were bouncing back and forth, and Eric was just freaking out, man. It was just, you know, and to both of us, we kind of share the same thing. And Dave, I'm sure you do too. The thing is that, can you imagine that if this thing is so big and infinite, maybe we, when we're in heaven, is are continuing, and there's scripture that alludes to the fact that we may be continuing this repair and we see ourselves in eternity as the sons of God in joint heir, co-ruling with Christ, and we're dictating the affairs on earth. Now, we're outside of time, so we're looking outside of time. So this is a continuing thing that's going on after we've departed and we're already up there. So we may be involved in actually repairing this ripple effect damage, allowing all of these things to implode so that eventually... <clears throat> everything will be conformed as it says in the scriptures and he makes everything right in his own time there'll only be one universe one dimension one heaven um maybe this contamination effect is why there has to be a new heaven and a new earth to reshape and redo things all over again that may be our goal as participators in this heaven that we are going to be and so eric and i go man that's heaven wouldn't it wouldn't it i mean think about it 
you would be you would be like one of the watchers and you're going from uh, dimension to dimension to bring it back to reconciliation or to help implode Man. it to the conformity be, of God. That'd be pretty sweet. It'd be like sliders. Oh, I know, man. I, I mean, that, that's <laughs> like the ultimate. I can live out. Heaven is going to be like the ultimate B-rate um, 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 movies that I watched back in the 50s. are like sliders. It'll be like sliders and Stargate and Star Trek all rolled into one. Oh, I, that is just so. I mean, for me, that's that would be heaven. Now, so for some people, I go, that's really kind of weird. You know, they're thinking strumming on a harp on a fluffy cloud going holy, holy, holy all the time. And if you're praising worship, it might actually enjoy doing that. If I did that for 100 years, I'd be going in. Am I in the right place here? Yeah, <laughs> like, but you, you're going to have a whole new mindset too. Well, you know, it's it's we're not going to have we won't we won't know what TDM is. You know, we won't know what getting tired of doing one job is because oh, that's our job to do. Yeah. Well, we're going to be too excited, you know, serving the Lord. But we're going to – the thing is we're going to be actively doing things. Right. But every indication alludes to the fact that we – what we're going to be doing is taking care of this. Everything from the former world is not no longer known, even as the things now are going to not be known in the world to come. So there's certain things that God is just not going to reveal, at least into a fallen state. So what's next after that? We don't really know. God can give us a little bit of hints and allusions to what might be happening. We know we're going to be joint heirs and co-rulers. Joint heirs with what? Co-ruling, you know, whom? That remains to be seen. We will know even as we're known when we stand before him face to face. Now, you know, some fundamentalists have said, well, that's the Bible. No, no, no. You look at it in context. It's when we are passed on, we're standing in front of Jesus face to face. And now we know even as we're known. How do? How does that happen? Because we were living in a three-dimensional. Now we're living in a fourth dimension. Now we understand there's, you know, a uh, what it means to live outside of time, to see everything simultaneously being experienced. We can't even begin to wrap our heads around that one right now. Even even if God reveals certain things, we're not going to totally know. It'd be like living in flatland. You are a dot that has a height and a length. I mean, I'm sorry, a width and a length, but you don't have height. So you don't, so you don't realize you're actually a sphere. You don't even know what a sphere is because you don't know what height is. But then you go into a third dimension and all of a sudden, I'm round, not only flat round, but I'm round with height. Wow, I'm a ball. Um, but so you don't it's going to be like I am right now, then round like a ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least some of you guys are. Not me. The marshmallow man has gone away. I have liquefied. I am. Uh, somebody else saw a, a recent picture of me, and they said. Jim, if you can thin out even more, you know, and, and uh, I said, yeah, I'm probably one of the few people that uh, uh, shut up during the pandemic. I lost weight. I didn't gain weight. I, I, you know, I lost it. But having esophageal cancer and being cured supernaturally sure helped. I mean, one third of me was gone just in that. And I changed my diet. I started, you know, doing vitamins and all kinds of holistic alternatives. Um which, you know, actually strengthened my immune system during the pandemic so that, you know, I was like Superman in the middle of uh, everything. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I, I I went through it. And now my next thing is to type 2 diabetic. It, diabetes is going. And um, I'll be back on a motorcycle again. And that's going to be cool because that's one of my main goals. I know that seems so 
earthbound carnally minded, but you know, I started out ministering on a motorcycle. I want to end on a motorcycle. Uh-huh. And being that I truly believe we're in the last of the last days, you know, um, I believe in obeying the word of God. It says to, to, um, um, how to, in the scriptures, I'm trying to think of the scripture. It says to, uh, I can give you the breakdown. Now I can't even quote the actual scripture. Um, basically, it's telling us to continue on our lives as if, you know, with our mundane, everyday, day-to-day things. Plant an oak tree in your garden, you know, prepare for a garden for next year. Um, I tell my grandkids, you know, don't stop learning. It's not on autopilot now. The, the, we're in the apocalypse. Jesus is coming back, so you don't have to, you know, worry about school. No. Learning is never anything that you lose. You're going to learn. You're going to continue to learn when you're in heaven. Learning doesn't ever stop. So the more you have now, and I said, the thing here on earth, the more you learn, the more you earn. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. That that is can be a godly goal. Um, Don't use your faith as a license to live like a fool or think like a fool. God said to to walk circumspectly, meaning every action you have has a ripple or reaction effect. Do it wisely. Do it where you're building upon something yeah, for God it, and for yourself. It'll be the the old way, not Common Core. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, because Common Core can figure out, you know, I mean, uh, one and one equals two, but Common Core will figure out how it equals 5.8692 or something. I mean, you know, it's just they already know about the multiverse. They live in the multiverse. You know, when when I was, um, you know, as an aside here, a little story, when I was going to nursing school, <clears throat> I knew how to do pharmacy math, okay, because I learned that when I was going to, to pharmacy school. But anyway, um, and pharmacy math for me was easy. So when they presented me with these problems in nursing school, I was like, oh, this is easy. You know, you take this and you cross multiply this and then you get your value, you know. And and they're like, no, no, you got to do it this way, you know, and you got to put this over here and this, that. And to me, it was like common core, you know, yeah. and, and, and so I did it. I kept doing pharmacy math and the teacher became indignant. Well, she was an old nurse that hated men anyway. And I think she was probably a Wiccan and she was a lady Gaga. She was Gaga over Gaga. Oh, and, uh, and so anyway, um. She one day she very sharply said, "If you want to do pharmacy meth, then go to pharmacy school." Anyway, um, <laughs> not long after that, I had my grandson over, and you know I was trying to help him with his math, and it was a simple thing like you know 563 times 99, you know, and he's going through this long process, and I'm like, "What in the heck are you doing, boy?" And he goes, "This is the way they want us to do it." And I said, here's how you do it. And I showed him how you do nonsensical math, you know. And he's like, well, yeah, I know how to do it that way, but they won't let us do it that way. Well, the whole boy, thing oh with in, in, in nursing school was was that. And, and the, um, the woman that was running the place told me, as long as you come up with the right answer, it really doesn't matter how you do it, you know. And. And so, and it was, it should be the same way with Common Core. But anyway, that's how this, this world has us, has these kids so screwed up. You know, I would give up on math if I was taking a math class now. You know, I just say, well, you know what? I'm sorry, but you know, I'm just not going to do it. And, and I'd fail the class and everything else. But, uh, because I would see it as a nonsense or as a, uh, yeah, nonsensical way of doing stuff. 
And I think that's one reason why a lot of these kids give up. It's not always the kid's fault. A lot of times it's the teacher's fault. The parents want to teach them the old way of doing it, which is the right way, but they they can't do it because if they try to do go up to the board and do that, the teacher dings them for it. And it's not not necessarily different from from the things that are going on. Let's say with uh, uh, with the hydrochloroquine and azithromycin working for for uh, this COVID nineteen, and I still don't think it's a virus, but we'll we'll entertain people by saying that it is but um anyway you know if if you got something simple that fixes it use it for goodness sakes you know and uh, in, instead of appeasing the uh uh bill gates and uh, all the money he's invested in these drug companies to do this you know for goodness sakes let's get back get back to the simple way you know my dad always used to say the old way is the good way and boy i'm telling you more often that's true I mean, not not with the old nature. Don't get me wrong, but the old way of doing things is, is was always much simpler and uh, and and, and uh, always made sense, you know. But even with with our walk with the Lord, you know, it's um, you know, it's it's funny because when I when I first got saved, it was a very simple process, you know, very simple salvation, and then you get words like hermeneutics thrown into it. In other words, and you're going hermeneutics. You know, is that something from the from the monsters? You know, <laughs> and 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 then you know, and then there's all these other nudics and stuff like that. And I'm like, my goodness, all I all we really need to do, and and don't get me wrong, those tools are important, okay. But for for baby Christians, you know, the old way is the good way. You know, just teaching them that you know Jesus died on the cross. This is why he had to die. He fulfilled prophecy, and everything's good, you know. And, um, you know, you talked about just kind of sitting idle uh, a few minutes ago. And I can remember when I got saved, and I, I you know, they were indoctrinating me with the pre-trib rapture. And, um, and so I was like, okay, well, Jesus is coming back tomorrow, so I'm not even going to go out and look for a job. You know, what's, it would be senseless to go out and look for a job if Jesus is coming back tomorrow to, to whisk us all away. Well, you know, that was 40 years ago that I got saved. Yeah. And I would have been like a Christian hippie or something like that if I would have done that. Because I would have been, I would have, you know, just not done anything. You know, who knows? I mean, might not have showered or or cut my beard or, or whatever, you know. But the thing is that, um, you know, it's, um, we're, we're getting down to su- such fantastic things. Uh, just like we were talking about this week, you know, uh, about the Mandela effect. You know, it's like I think that Karma Core came from from the Mandela effect. Actually, I, I, I think that's you... yeah, that's from another universe. That's from yeah, another reality. Definitely makes you wonder about that. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and that Mandela effect. I mean, there are. Well, I was trying to explain to someone else that I said a lie is never. Uh, effective unless there's an element of truth to it. So the way to establish authority that there's something going on in manipulation is some of the more popular insignificant ones. I think um, on a cosmic scale, God is allowing little stuff that doesn't impact all of humanity. Like I saw there was one one movie called The Butter, uh, not The Butterfly Effect, it was called uh, The Sound of Thunder. And uh, they were taking excursions of people back in time to do big game hunting 
but they would do it on dinosaurs they knew were already going to die, so they were allowed to go ahead and, you know, hunt a T-Rex and have uh, Bronto burgers or whatever, you know. It, it, it was just a big hunting expedition. This one guy accidentally falls off a the path and steps on a butterfly or a moth, and it changes the whole future. You know, there's these bug-type people and all kinds of weird, you know, stuff going on. Well, that's, that is pure science fiction. Stepping on one moth isn't really going to make that much of a significance because we're not in this evolutionary thought anyway. But um, so some some things can be manipulated, like and things that aren't big deals. Um, who's on a dime? There's a lot of people that are going to tell you, like me, Eisenhower's on a dime. No, go get a dime. Roosevelt. Go get a dime. And it's Roosevelt. What the heck is he doing? Now, my grandfather collected coins. I knew as a little kid growing up. He showed us all his coin collections. We looked at him. We saw, I knew what a Mercury dime was. I saw, you know, the uh, newer dime. Hey, I'm sorry. It was Eisenhower. What do I look at now? I look at federal, uh, the biggest trader in the world, um, you know, FDR. FDR. Yeah. He was not on my memory. Now, I used to read my kids this book. Uh, this Jewish guy made this book using the Ten Commandments and putting it in stories with moral and ethical values from the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. And it was called the Berenstain, uh, Berenstain Bears, because Berenstain, that was his name was Steen, Berenstain. So it was the Berenstain Bears, a little family of bears. And it was a cute little story. And they always, they, I, I really liked it to read them to the kids because they were all ended with good moral and ethic uh, behavior. And it was the Berenstain Bears. Then I read about the Mandela effect. It's, oh, yeah, go look at it now. It's Berenstain. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I went and got that book. Ones that I read in my kids. It said Berenstain. Where in the heck is a Berenstain? I know that's not my memory. That's not the book that I read my children. I read them Berenstain, Stein, not Steen. Um, I mean, not Stain, Berenstain. Uh, right, right. So uh, the other one, who's on a Monopoly box? Well, there's this guy with a top hat and a monocle. Right. Oh, yeah. Go look at it now. Where's the monocle? It's not there anymore. Huh. And it isn't. What's huh. up with that? I remember a monocle. Wow. Go look at it. Oh, there's no monocle. No, that's not a big thing. But you know what? It's something that can be altered. And they go, oh, wow. I remember that, too. You know what? There's something real about this. Wow. Let's look further. And then they sell you, you know what? Look, the Bible used to say this, but now it says this. <gasps> oh, oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Now, so what have they done? They've cast doubt on the very word of God. I can show you in uh, Ecclesiastes 3.14, just above one that I always quote, 3.15. Um, for everything that is has already been and everything that will be has already been, and God requires an account of that which is past. Now, up ahead of that, he says that I, no one can touch my word, for I have proposed it to be what it is. I'm grossly paraphrasing it, but basically it gives us a total assurance. There's nobody going to be able to manipulate or control God's word. He is in total control of it that, that the whole world may see that I'm in the final authority or I am the authority. So that right there tells you the word of God is not going to be manipulated. You know, I started researching the uh, flat earth thing and, and I kept an open mind because some people that I knew were into it and I, out of respect for them, I wanted to keep open-minded, even though I thought it was the most harebrained, crazy idea in the world. Um, I wanted to keep open-minded, you know, that, hey, you know, I once laughed at a hollow earth and the Lord showed me that it was real. So I'll, I'll look at it objectively. 
And then when I'm looking at objectively, I'm finding out, wait a minute, here's a pattern here. All of the, I was actually studying Mandela effect first. I wanted to see what that was. And I noticed mm -hmm. all the people that believe in Mandela believe the earth, they're all flat earthers. All the flat earthers originally believed in mm -hmm. a, um, a geocentric earth. Then I began to realize, okay, let's start researching the researchers. I want to take all the high profile flat earth uh, sites and I want to see who is promoting what, what's their history, what's their background. And you know what I found out? They're all Islamic clerics yeah. who are pretending to be Christians, who are pretending to be uh, Americans, who are Islamic clerics from the Middle East, who are the only people on this planet that demand that you have to believe the earth is flat or you're less than an infidel. That's pretty bad. They have put their own physicists to uh, under Sharia law to death because they said, no, but but boss, science has proved it, it's round here. Look at this. Look at here. I can show you. And uh, they're put to death under Sharia law. And so this is part of and what flat earthers are a victim of. This is cultural jihad. When they choose a country that they're going to overflow in and immigrate and take over from within, one of the things is to get them to doubt um, their culture, to doubt their science, to doubt their technology, to doubt everything, including their manuscripts of their faithful belief. This is a traditional thing that's going on in the whole world. The communists are doing it. The Muslims are doing it. The alleged Black Lives that Matter, which actually there's also a trail now that that um, <clears throat> many of the Black Lives that Mattered original people that had formed it have been ousted and booted out and replaced, and they're replaced by Antifa and other hardcore uh, communists that have pretty much taken it over. So all of these different groups, birds of a feather, are flocking together, and they all want America gone. America has been the strength, the hammer, and the anvil, Jeremiah says, of the world as Babylon and they want that to change they want so it's not happening just in America they you know they tore down all the confederate statues and now they ran out of that so now they're going to tear down Grant they're going to tear down um, all these others you know I said that before the only war criminal in the civil war was a union soldier Sherman he believed in total war, went down to Georgia and killed every man, woman, and child because, hey, the, the woman's going to bear more uh, soldiers who are going to be Confederates. Uh, the little boys, uh, little girls are going to be a next generation Confederate. So kill them all. Just kill them all right now. Total war. Now, we call that um, kind of like what the Nazis did, kind of like uh, what every, you know, genocide is never an excuse for anything so the only war criminal of the world war two uh, or the civil war was uh general sherman a union soldier right uh the rest were reluctantly fighting each other it was more about states rights over federal and the slave issue was just one part of the economic issue but you know I, we went through this before but i mean the the shame of it is this is happening all over the world it's happening they're tearing down statues over in europe everywhere they're trying to erase their history and it's the same people one common denominator they all have i think it's rather funny they all hate israel they all hate jews they want to see the annihilation of the jew off the planet of the earth and they want to and they're always able to morph into a form of christianity and blend in with them and they want to see israel annihilated completely so this is their ultimate goals. This is where their blind behavior and hatred of sin is taking them, and they're becoming obvious. So the more violent they are getting now in the protesters and their combination. Oh, by the way, I forgot to announce this. Man, I wanted to do it at, at my church today and I, or yesterday, and I forgot. 
The protesters as a coalition have announced that July 7th, which is tomorrow, July 7th, tomorrow, they are not going to buy anything from anyone anywhere to prove <laughs> their um, financial assertiveness over society. That by doing that, they're going to show the world they have a controlling, manipulating power so they can make further demands and use that as a leverage. Yeah. My yeah. thought is, you want to, you're, are you tired of this crap? Are you tired of this race baiting? you tired of all this uh, uh, ridiculous sin? Then I think. Go buy stuff. Shop until you drop, yeah. and make make February. I mean, make uh, July seventh the day that you shop till you drop. Go on a shopping binge. Um, I've got a little bit of money. I'm gonna. I'm, I've held my grocery shopping. I'm going tomorrow. I am going to spend the most money that I've ever spent all year since the pandemic. I'm going to spend tomorrow. I'm going to make sure that I get everything I need tomorrow. I am going to shop till I drop. I'm going to it is as much as I can spend. I'm going to spend. And if I get a big donation, there's a couple of things for the ministry that I will get by Amazon and have it delivered in a few days. But I'll spend that money tomorrow if I get it. Yeah. And if it's fine, it's there. That's what I'm going to do. I suggest to everybody, if you are planning on getting something, don't delay. Get it tomorrow. Let's slap them in the face and end this crap where let's just let's just end it and show them who has the real economic power we do we americans the faithful remnant those that want to see the judeo-christian uh nation of the united states of america the republic based on the ten commandments not forced upon anyone but based on the willingness to honor god through our laws which were based on the ten commandments not ten suggestions ten commandments we want our judeo-christian back we want um we want our leader that God has designated to trump their stupid efforts. And I do mean a pun because they're going to get trumped. Well, maybe uh, maybe things will happen tomorrow, such as uh, maybe George Soros' all of his bank accounts will get emptied out. And uh, maybe he'll lose all of his property. Maybe he'll get arrested tomorrow. Boy, would that be a nice little Wouldn't thing. Wouldn't that be nice? But, uh, sure. But... You know, with with these people that that are are, and I don't know what groups they are, but you know, if, like if it's Black Lives Matter, well, let's uh, let's take a day where we don't take money out of our our, our hard-earned paychecks to pay for welfare, um, or let's you know let's let's just think of inventive ways to do things too. You know, I mean, shopping is a wonderful thing. I mean, <laughs> I don't know anybody listening to this that doesn't like to shop, uh, um, preferably me. But, uh, you know, it's we got to do something that hits them in their pocketbooks, you know. And Well, that's already really been happening already with uh, all this. Uh, well, they have a term for it, you know, get woke, go broke. Right. Every business organization or company that has adopted this model has lost money big time. It's already started. Mm-hmm. And if you look at. The NFL and um, NASCAR and the NBA and what they're about to do. I don't know if you guys were following this at all. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. To, it's disgusting. They're going to paint all kinds of stuff on the court and put all these uh, social justice warrior slogans on the back of all their jerseys and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't know what's going to happen to the NBA and NFL, but it's going to probably, I don't know if it'll be the demise of it, but. Um, uh, the impact will definitely be felt. I think the problem is, is they're attacking. I think there's a lot of conservative and even white people that watch a lot of sports. Right. I think that they are. I think they're the bulk of it. 
Yeah. Yeah. And they're attacking their, base. their own fans yeah. that love them for their talent. That's right. Well, they, I, didn't, I, they didn't care about their color of skin or anything, but they made this political, and that was a, that's a mistake. Yeah. Well, I, I can tell you just for myself, I have been an avid fan since I was five years old. I've been watching the Detroit Lions as a faithful fan since I was five years old. Now, one thing I have learned is to suffer long, so I know about long suffering because the Lions haven't done anything. But you know what? Even I, if they're going to politicize everything and put all this crap on their um, um, on their jerseys and make it political, I will stop watching them in a minute, man. I will just, you know, I could. There's plenty of other things I can do. I will. It makes me sick. It makes well, my stomach just churn. Well, Marx, um, Marx used to say that the religion was the opiate of the people. Well, in our society, that's not true anymore. The opiate of the people is sports. People well, so, anything for sports. They'll even so, the church. Even the church. I don't know if that's the way you, you, yeah. it is over there, but it's. Oh um, no! They put too much time, money, and investment. They lose focus. That hey, this was supposed to be bait to catch fish. I don't see you right. catching any fish. You guys are so hyped up on, um, you know, you're running like a college team, man. You're putting all your money, resources, and everything on that. But I don't see you catching any fish. Yeah. What good exactly. is that? You know. Right. Exactly. I bet you haven't got money to go do stuff that does catch fish. So, you know what? Forget it. No, I don't want to join your baseball team or your football team. You're too preoccupied. Yeah, that's right. I, and, so I'm not going to participate in the opiate of the people. Yeah. Um, so, you know you what? Know. So, it might be a good thing. If, if that's the route they're going to go, as loyal and as much as I love football, and I have no other friends that are even interested in football. Soccer, you know, golf, other side. I hate golf. I, I play mini golf. golf <laughs> yeah, that's the only golf that I'm That's interested. the only golf I, yeah. Holy moly, but, yeah. But, uh, you know, no, um, I, I'll drop it in a, you know, in a bat's eye, man. I'll just drop it. I, I will not hop on a bandwagon to politicize, uh, sports like that, uh, especially when they're tearing down my culture, my country. And they're hopping on a bandwagon out of stupidity, stupidity and ignorance, not even knowing what they're doing. Just the exactly. same with the COVID virus thing. You know, it's like, um, my gosh, the thing is dead. It's over. And how they're breathing life into something. I mean, the statistics, don't people know how to add? I mean, they, the way they present it and 25 percent were in, you know, uh, you know, yeah. Think about that. 25 percent of the whole population. And they're getting it. And how many are dying from it? Oh, nobody died today? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Well, Trump okay. something up the other day. He said the reason that more people are coming down with it is because more people are being tested. Sure. You and know? it's it's, <laughs> it, and it's just a stupid flu. And especially yeah. on a second recurrence, it's weaker. It's wimpier. Most of the people had it uh, last Thanksgiving and didn't even realize, you know, oh, it was a bad cold. But, right. you know, right. they got over it. Um, well, those with an immune system, you know, that is is impaired, yeah. And there's part of the problem. My one uh, nurse friend, that person had the wherewithal to photograph, to film everything. She was, uh, oh, I said she, I wasn't going to say that. Well, um, okay. well that of, person, that person is a combat, a combat veteran. So they've seen it all before. They know what to expect. But in a COVID ward in an epicenter uh, of a Detroit area, um, metro area hospital was overwhelming. This person's got all of the evidence to show that it's nothing more than a stupid um, flu. But when the senior citizens were in almost recovery, 
they were sending them to senior citizens' homes to recover. They didn't know at the time. I'm sure the powers up knew, but they didn't know that that's when they're the most vulnerable, I mean, the most um, contagious. And right. so here they are sending to a senior citizen home where all of those people over 60 have stressed out uh, immune systems. And entire convalescence homes were dying, wiped right. out. Right. Everybody's afraid of a lawsuit, so they're covering everything up. And you don't know it. The, all the massive deaths, all of a sudden, that happened real quick was because of this practice and what happened. My God, some of the epicenter places, they had to stuff bodies in closets to keep tripping over them yeah. in the hallways, going from bed to bed. They're wow. hooking them up to ventilators right away and killing them. The ventilators killed more. Um, yeah, they uh, killed more people than they cured. That's right. Yeah. You know, they, in, in a sensical uh, and again, you know, back in the 50s when we had polio going around and in the 40s even and and um, back when we had chicken pox and back in the 60s. Remember chicken pox, Jim? Remember the oh, mumps? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. you, you always quarantine the people that were sick. That's what yeah. you do in a sensical universe. In a nonsense universe, you, you quarantine, quarantine the healthy people. Yeah, and that's what they're I doing. Mean, they're quarantining the healthy people, which is the stupidest thing I have ever heard of in my entire and why are life. Why are healthy people wearing a mask so they can yeah. breathe their own carbon monoxide? I mean, dioxide. I mean, yeah. you get lightheaded and trippy and um, actually get very semi-cognitive of even what the heck you're doing and where you're going. Yeah, um, and a lot of us have that problem with already. <laughs> but, I was uh, going to say, I, I, <laughs> I have that as a natural gift, I think. I mean, I, I don't read that gift in the Bible, but I have it. I mean, I'm already, you know, kind of wobbly, and uh, that just would make me even worse. It's like um, I'm already living in a zombie apocalypse. All I have to do is go outside and go shopping. Uh-huh. What are all you healthy people doing wearing masks? And, you know, try to talk to some of their lightheaded, man. They've been breathing too much of their own carbon uh, monoxide. It's like, you know, stop this. Take the mech off. Breathe some air, man. Yeah. I won't carry one in my pocket. It's the same one I've had for the last three months. You know, yeah, it, it's getting a little dirty. I, I got to get a new one. I'll I'll find out where they pass them out for free and grab them because I'm not paying 10 bucks for a pack of them. I pay right. that same pack. I mean, I, I bought the um, the N95 ones. Uh, they were they used to come in 10 Ten for five bucks, I think is what they are. They're, you buy ten of them now, you're paying, like, oh, geez, I don't know, um, at least fifteen dollars for a, a ten pack like that. Uh, no, not going to happen. And a little surgical mask, even. Um, you want know, nine bucks for five of them? I'm not paying it. No, I'm. I'll go somewhere where they give them to me free, or I don't wear them at all. I wear them as a chin strap anyway. I, well, I never yeah, that's put them true. On. Me too. But you know. When you look at the <laughs> supposed the supposed COVID virus, and I'm going to keep saying that, it's supposed to, it's supposed to be 0.02 microns. Okay, those masks that you wear that any but the best mask that you can find is good to I think it's uh, 200 microns or something like that. So you're wearing something that there's no way it's going to stop this virus if it's a virus from getting in. Right. And but but it th- does stop your oxygen from getting yes, to you. Yes, it does. <laughs> but then, but then, and and again, they're starting to say that the hydrochloroquine is a good drug to use. Uh, they're they're saying that again. So oh, are they? Yeah. So now, before you, they were starting to say, oh, it has a long term effect, or it's going to actually cause the COVID virus. Well, you don't even know what a long term effect is. There's hasn't been around. You know, people exactly. haven't used it exactly. other than people with malaria, people with lupus, anybody right. with a uh, 
you know, with a, a hindered um, autoimmune uh, immune system. Yeah. system. Mm-hmm. They've been using it for a long time. They seem to be functioning just perfectly fine and well. But, but here's the well, thing. When, when hasn't I was, been tested. Right. When I was going through nursing school and, and even pharmacy school, and even if, even if you're in a science class in a high school somewhere, they teach you that antibiotics do nothing, absolutely nothing to fight a virus. And right. anti, antiprotozoals do nothing to fight a virus. However, you put these two drugs together, hydrochloroquine and, and, and Zithromax, or azithromycin is a trade, excuse me, the generic name for it, and they're killing this thing. So how come if these two drugs are not effective against viruses, they're killing this thing? It's telling me that this is not a virus. This is something else. And, you know, I've had people argue with me, and, and they can argue all they want. I really don't care. But we used to have a, um, a pharmacist at the middle, the, and I worked in a small pharmacy, and and this guy was one of two older pharmacists that I worked with. Uh, they were super neat guys to work with. I loved them, man. Uh, Norm Johnson, I could say their names because they're dead now, and uh, Orman Morford. And when you walked into the pharmacy, if you had the sniffles, or- Orman Morford would say, here's a 10 days supply of amoxicillin. Uh, uh, you know, one, one, four times a day, start it right now. I don't need you being sick. I can't afford for you to be sick and out of here. So supposedly a, a flu is a, not a flu, but a, even a common cold is a virus. And I believe that. Okay. I believe that the flu is a virus. Okay. Um, but he was giving us something that, if anything, it was going to do us harm because it was going to kill any good bacteria that were inside of our bodies along with the bad bacteria, and the bad bacteria is always a little stronger than the good bacteria, and it's going to take over, and it's going to give you some stuff that you don't want, like C. diff is, is one of the things that you get in your intestines. It's um, it's basically, it's um, oh, what is it, vancomycin resistant uh, and other very strong antibiotic resistant drugs. And when you get this stuff in your, your intestines, it does just, just doesn't go away. You know, we're talking months and years of different therapies to try to fix it up, you know. So I I just cannot buy into the the notion that this thing is a virus. I'm sorry. Um, When two um, uh, anti-drugs that are used for for protozoa and drugs that are used for bacteria are killing it, it's it's one of the two or it's it's a hybrid of, of the two put together, you know. And people can call it a virus all they want. I'm sorry, but uh, I'm not falling for it. I'm uh, like the who said, we don't get fooled again. And, uh, um, you know, it's and I'm not denying that it's not real. I think it's real. It's out there. But and and, and then it got to take into account that there's a law. There's called the law of mutation. OK, or the rule of mutation, maybe is a better way to put it, that every mutation that, what is it, 99.999% of mutations are either harmful um, or deadly to the organism that those mutations happen to. If a flu virus or a COVID virus is mutating, it's, it's not going to mutate into anything worse. It's going muta- to mutate into something weaker. That's not going to hurt you as much. Okay. Um, same thing with the... Oh, that's what I, was I talking with you the other day, Jim? We were talking about adaptation. 
You know, yeah. we were talking, okay, we were talking right. about right. evolution, how, how macro evolution is, is impossible. Because even if you had a mutation, let's say from a, from a reptile to a bird, right? Okay, so this reptile is going to be born. It's going to come, or excuse me, a bird's going to be born. It's going to come out of an egg. Um, birds and reptiles have different hearts. Reptiles have two-chambered hearts. Birds have four. So what are you going to have, a bird with three chambers? Or is the bird going to have one wing and, and one leg? It's the, the first thing that's going to happen is it's going to get eaten and it's not going to exist and it's not going to happen for another 90, 99.999% of mutations. And, um, but there is a thing called adaptation, you know, and maybe we could do a show about that sometime because we were talking about how, you know, it was um, going into the transsexual thing and stuff like that, how mm-hmm. it's more of a, a thing of adaptation than it is of, uh, you know, that they were born that way or, you know, that it's a, some, a brain disorder or something like that. Right. It's right. An, they're adapting to what society has become and it's becoming more and more every day, <laughs> you know. So um, anyway, you know, that, that's another another show for another day. But um, we got to start fighting these things, you know, tooth and nail and, and, and showing that, you know, using using their methods. You know, using scientific methods to show that this is impossible. You know, it's just not possible. And, um, you know, we've pretty well done that with the flat earth. You know, if you read right. what you've written and what I've written about the flat earth and and everything else, um, and, and you still believe in it, well, then you're denying scripture, you're denying science. You're well, you're, denying, you're, you know. You, you've gone into willful ignorance. You've been presented facts that, you know, if, if you look at the Bible and believe the Bible is the final authority for everything, and if you can be shown in the Bible that uh, it's fallacies by rightly dividing it, right, um, then you have chose to be willfully ignorant. Right. You, you've heard the truth. You reject it. You want to stay with what you believe because you want to believe it. Um, you know, that's, you know, I didn't approach it when I was studying. I actually truly because I cared about the people that I was uh, wanted me to, they said, you know, well, search it out for yourself. Okay, I did. You know right. what? I'm even more convinced now. It's a bunch. Of, it's it's it it's bovine excrement. It, right. it it doesn't stand on its own. It goes against known scripture. Um, when you go back to the original language, you know, in Obadiah, which is that they'll make a nest amongst the stars. It literally means they're colonizing somewhere, someplace. Right. Which is rather interesting right. in itself. Who has already colonized them? Because we haven't colonized anything that we know of yet. Well, we know of, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yet, you know, uh, you know, I I got uh, two shirts. One's white, and I don't know what I was thinking buying the white one. I got a black one. The black one, what I did on, I was finding out the history. Just when was, you know, because I kept thinking, why did Trump pick the Star Trek symbol for the for the uh, space uh, force? Why did he do that? Did he know what he was doing? You know what? He didn't. You know who picked it out? Uh uh-uh. uh. Clinton. <laughs> this goes this goes all the way back. I mean, the United States Space Force was uh started to be formed, I think it was in Clinton's administration. And and it went all the way on through. And it was in Obama's administration where um the more recent uh Star Trek uh symbol has been added before it was it kind of vaguely suggested it but under obama's administration he made it the star trek enterprise uh uh combat type of a uh thing so it's gone through an evolution but it has 
it, it has always remained just a paper tiger. Nothing, right. you know, really funding it to make it into anything. When Trump got in there, he mm -hmm. started making the uh, the shuttlecraft on steroids. I mean, a typical shuttlecraft could uh, had three a three man crew. Right. The ones he was making, or at least is on the drawing board, and I think they did have one prototype made. I'm I, I'm not real sure, but yeah, they had one prototype made. Matter of fact, I think it was the one that was delayed in launching, but they finally launched it off. Um, this thing was a, a shuttlecraft on steroids. It had a three pilot system, pilot, co-pilot, navigator, but it had enough room for seven other uh, people, right. and that's a typical number for a squad of uh, special forces on a first response team mm -hmm. so um and he put he put the teeth into the space uh thing by funding it and giving it enough funds to make it have actual pieces of equipment and stuff that was on the drawing boards that never got put together he put it all together right and right. this is where of course rodney uh madsen's or rodney um you're right madsen <laughs> uh, madsen yeah. yeah his work where uh, they're probably going, you know, it even says, you know, gathering together from the four corners of, well, the earth doesn't have four corners, but we have four different cardinal points. So, I mean, somebody's, somebody has already, because we're in the last, last day, somebody's already colonized somewhere, someplace. Right. Um, guess on the moon and guess on the Mars, you know? And so uh, there was one film I, I loved. It. it was, it was just wild. Um, and it, went first to the moon on the dark side where you could catch a, a shuttlecraft to go to Mars where they have a colony on it, but nobody knows about the colony. I mean, this thing was reflective so much of, uh, and it's one of the streaming videos. I think it's on Netflix too. Um, and it mirrors this whole thing, you know, of, of potentially what it might be happening on chasing down and bringing to justice those that are already thinking they snuck away on the colony on Mars and are safe. Well, no, I think uh, Trump has a way to reach out and touch someone and grab them from the four corners and bring them into justice. That's right. Um, <laughs> you know, it kind of it kind of reminds me of that Star Trek <laughs> episode where the Nancy wanted salt, but. Um, Remember, uh, I don't know if you remember that one, but I, I could see it now that Bill Clinton out there, Hillary, Hillary, I've got adrenochrome. <laughs> they brought adrenochrome. <laughs> we probably should talk about uh, the major arrest that happened. Yeah, why don't you go ahead? Go, go for ahead. it, Eric. Yeah. Well, I forget how you say her one part of her name, but her what Maxwell. Uh, oh, Julian. Is it Julian Maxwell? Or? No, it's, it starts starts with a hi. Uh, it's a... Uh, can't remember how to pronounce it exactly, but her last name is Maxwell. Um, but she was the, you know, the big uh, link with Epstein in terms of uh, oh, yeah, yeah. the island. And apparently she was actually the... Gistelaine or something like that. Yeah. yeah uh, she was the, the sales, of, like the salesperson. The brain, the almost recruiter. the brain, yeah, The recruiter recruiting. that organized and perpetuated right. in, a, in a much larger degree. So, right. right. Um, and I noticed as soon as that was starting to go, um, you know, the, some of the news was talking about it. You know, Q posted a bunch of stuff regarding it. It had a bunch of pictures of Bill Clinton on there. Also, with Prince Andrew, you know, with young girls and all this type of stuff. Right. And, uh, you know, it also reposted, uh, you know, basically the Clinton Foundation and Hillary Clinton for crimes against children. Mm -hmm. Um from a posting from about two years ago. 
it, they, sometimes Q goes back and it, and it redrops things that it talked about, you know, a couple of years back. Right. Yeah. They'll, they'll redrop it again and point to the date. Um, so I think this is the chain of events because they're talking that she's, she's, you know, she can she's name names. She's names. Yeah. Yeah, naming names. Yeah. Now, yeah. I, again, you know, Epstein ended up dead. You know, will they be far smarter this time? As far as her not getting whacked um, before, you know, so much can come out. But you know, if I'm a, if I'm a elite or a world leader, or a politician, or you know, a very well prominent business owner or Hollywood, you know, I'd be very concerned right now. So yeah, because um, it's you know, this is what's going to end up coming coming down at some point. That's but we right. knew this was coming. But mm-hmm. again, it's like a chess slow chess piece thing that kind of comes out. Um, it's got to be done in a way. Um, one not to destabilize governments, um, right. and also in in a way that uh, I don't know. If you do too much at once, then you know a lot of times your enemy can counter too quickly, and then you you lose. But if you do it in um, kind of smaller increments and strategically, which is what I think Trump has been doing, um, eventually this. We get we get the full brunt of the justice that's deserved, but it's just it's the hard part is the waiting, the waiting right. for justice. You want it now. Right. You don't want right. it later. You want it now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it it is coming, and it will happen. It's just you know it. I I can I know that some people are getting frustrated a little bit. You know things aren't progressing as quickly as they want them to be, but. Well, it's all God's was, timing, not ours. So. That was one of the big things Michael Savage had last Friday. He was, he's like, okay, you know, big, you're a big talker, Mr. Trump. When are you going to start doing stuff? And, you know, for somebody that's so smart, supposedly, you know, you think that he would have his 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 um, <laughs> uh, his stuff in order. I can't – I don't want to say that word. But, you know, even you and I know, you know, you – Compared to a lot of these people, you know, intelligent-wise, uh, you and I are, you know, we're, we're fairly intelligent. But these, a lot of these people are are geniuses, and if they can't figure out why he's taking his time, well, then they got problems because you can't, like you said, Eric, you just can't disrupt the order of things by putting, you know, half of Congress in jail. You know how are you going to run right. the government? A half a Congress. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be done in, almost incrementally. Otherwise, you'll destabilize or you'll cause too much chaos at once, and it, it won't be uh, as beneficial as it you know it could be. So yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. So it's being doing incrementally, and you know people just have to trust that you know uh, things are do- being done correctly, even though they're not progressing as fast as someone would like them. Plus, so. right. plus, they're 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 so filled with anger, they're not even using logic. It's oh almost, yeah, it's almost like you know now now can imagine Moses dividing the river, the Red Sea. The Jews, I mean, and Israel is crossing them. Now, Pharaoh, McFly, what's in your head? Think, stupid, think. Yeah, yeah. The God of Israel just opened it up for them to slip through. Why are you charging? Yeah. He should rethink. He's exactly. so filled with anger. He just rushes in and a bum rush him and get him. If he would, and sin is blinding that way. They're just going to manifest their hatred and their goal because sin is blinding and not thinking logically that, you know what? This is probably a trap. If the God of, if their God did this for them, they're not going to let me go through. 
It's going right. to close back up. Then, of course, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Ron Wyatt discovers exactly what we would expect there. The entire Pharaoh's army dead at the, you know, they they couldn't tread water for very long. And the Red Sea just swallowed them up. And there's so their, uh, all their fossil remains and, and uh, or I should say the, the charred bleached bone remains and all of their uh, equipment and and uh, vessels and everything on the bottom of the Red Sea floor. So right. Uh, right. that's what's happening here. And, and I think also he's strategizing this, too. He's letting them run their course because they're going to be hung with their own um, rope. They could they keep changing laws, making it a fast track so they can get at Trump easier. And Trump's just you're just making it easier for me. You want to use those laws on me? I'm going to use them on you. Now you made them law. Thank yeah. you. QAnon uh -huh. has also echoed, echoed this. You know, you don't interfere with your enemy when they're in the course of destroying themselves. Right. Yeah. There's yeah. certain things that you let them destroy themselves or <laughs> or you allow the, the left to eat each other uh, right. which right. you're seeing that you're seeing them turn on each other and tear each other apart um we're seeing yeah and we're seeing a lot of that right. um yep. so keep that in mind as well yep well you know you, you were talking jim about um moses you know um if i'm not mistaken um jesus was descended from judah He's a lion of the tribe of Judah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, Scripture kind of mocks, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, who's the guy that, that slayed all the children in, in Bethlehem? Uh, he's oh, King Herod? Herod. King Herod, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. if Herod was smart, he would have realized that uh, Jesus was from the tribe of, of Judah, but... The scripture says that um, it was um, uh, who weeping for um, Rachel, weeping for her children. Um, Messiah was not a child of Rachel. She was a child of Leah. Right. Yeah. You know, so that's that's right there. There's a big hint. You know, if, if the devil would have just taken stock and read scripture, he would have known that, you know, by destroying the children of Judah. He was not really going to have any effect and that God was going to pull a fast one and get Jesus out of there before that ever happened. You know, now I, you know, I, I pity the poor women that, you know, did weep and stuff like that, but none of them or very few of them probably were of the, um, of the tribe of, uh, I can't remember what I'm talking about here, but anyway, um, so it, you know, it was, and rushing right in, in other words, you were talking about rushing right yeah, in think, and doing something stupid. You know? I think it was from the tribe from Ephraim. Yeah, right. And then, yeah. and and again, you know, Scripture says it says that the devil wasn't thinking because if he would, he wouldn't. If he knew what he was doing, he would not have crucified the Son of God because he would have known that 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 crucifixion and and the resurrection that followed afterwards would bring um, an end to sin for those who accepted Jesus and a hope for resurrection for those same people. <laughs> you hate, know, hate is sin. Sin is blinding. You know, they don't, yeah. they don't, they're responding on an emotion. They're not responding with logic. Matter of fact, they lose their sense of logic because they're blinded by their hatred. Um, right. And, you know, and, and really the hatred is manifested in two ways. It's fear or anger. 
A lot of times they can just be, you know, and you look at the judgments, it even says, and the fearful. It, it, it includes the fearful. Well, what's wrong with being afraid? Well, when you are stuck on fear, perfect love casts out all fear. You do not have, you're not walking in perfect love. If you were, you would have a peace that passes all understanding. You would have a shared foundation. So you're rejecting all of the opportunities to get that fear removed. Right. And I hate to say it because you kind of like where you want to stay and you're afraid of the unknown. So you're not even going to move or budge from what you're familiar with. Right. Man, if that isn't being stupid, I don't know what can't be. So, so it's not only the anger, but it's also the fear that makes you immobile. You then, don't want to move away from it. And then you, you look at it because, because hate is not the opposite of, of, um, love. Hate is a manifestation of fear. Yes. So yeah. fear is the opposite of love. Yeah. Fear, because, because, Love also comes with faith, and when you fear, you're not having faith, and when you fear, you do you do stupid things, like you said, you right. know. You lash and, out in anger. Yeah, you lash out in anger, and anger, or or um, hatred, another word that goes along with that stuff, is is a manifestation uh, of um, of fear. So, you know, I always laugh and, when people go, love and hate, love and hate. And I'm like, no, it's love and fear, love and fear. <laughs> you know, I, I feel that um, we had this individual on a program years ago. And so I'm not even going to mention him. But in Michigan, he's almost, I mean, he's he's he keeps up on a lot of the uh, militias. Now, I was exposed to a lot of the militias back in the 70s being a, a bike, uh, you know, a a Christian bike club, because we were bikers, a lot of the militias got in contact with us and wanted to see if we wanted to be an alignment or join or, you know, be a part of it. And we really didn't want to get involved in, in that aspect of it, really. But we wanted to stay in close proximity to them because I did look upon them being ex-military myself, and most militias are ex-military. I had a lot in common. I really respected and liked these guys. But I also realized that, you know, there's a potential that they could maybe overreact someday. I want to stay connected to these guys as friends so that if in an, some kind of pastoral capacity, there's ever a need for maybe me to talk to make sure that they don't bait themselves by reacting in emotion. You know what? That day and time is this year. I think within the next two weeks, I'm going to be taking a trip up north um, with my friend because he seems to be now he's not in any official capacity and be upset if he, you know, he put a name tag on him to that way, but he's looked upon and highly respected as someone who keeps in touch with all of the militias. So he's kind of a co coordinator without actually being, you know, in that capacity, just because he really cares about all of them and he keeps in communication on them. I'm going to maybe talk to him and see if he wants to go with me or if I can meet up with him or, or whatever. I want to, um, I want to have a chance to talk to some of the people up there because I do like them and I have a lot of shared interests. I mean, um, I'm an ambassador to Christ before I'm a citizen of America, but I am ex-military. I am um, a citizen of America and I've taken a promise to um, defend this country from enemies without and within. And in this situation, definitely enemies from within. But I just don't want these guys to be used as pawns by Satan and overreact and maybe perpetrate conditions that been that but they've been maybe baited to so they can say, see, see, this is the way, you know, that God forbid, I don't want that to happen. Cause you know what? Cause if CERN does not fire up this year, it means probably the reset may not happen this year, which means that it's going to happen sometime in the fall next year, which means we, I don't, 
I don't have four months to wait for a reset. I got a year and a four months to wait for a reset. I shouldn't say I. We have about 14 months to wait for a reset, which means after the election, because Trump is going to win by a landslide. After the election, if we're not already in a civil war, we will be in a civil war. I don't see how you could not see that that's the momentum that's that's coming down. And uh, what I thought was going to be in the latter part of a seven-year tribulation part may be only the catalyst to have it actually enter into the tribulation. Didn't see that one coming. Um, I've seen the results and events, but like I said, those result, results, results and events I thought were further down the road. Could be just the catalyst for what we're about to enter into is the actual real tribulation. So I don't know. You know, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where we have to be fast on our feet. But to be fast on our feet, we got to stay informed. But more important, we got to stay connected with, with Jesus Christ in a personal relationship. So personal that we can talk to him spontaneously. You know, there was there's a Bible story. That, um, and who I heard it from, this was awesome. This was a woman who was so concerned about uh, she's a retired senior citizen living on peanuts and my gosh you know what this woman had to do in order to to live godly she's in a halfway home by a guy who's really kind-hearted he's trying to do the best for and he's just like a a healer he he actually has a lot of money and resources he bought this house a huge house so that some of the underclass that would no otherwise be homeless could come in and have a safe place to live but the moral integrity of the place isn't all that great. There's a gal and a guy that living there that, you know, is right next to her room and she has to hear and listen to, they're not quiet about their, you know, relationship or anything. So, you know what she decided to do? She bought a tool shed, put it in the backyard, had it insulated, had it air conditioned, had uh, her um, um, internet hooked up there. And she lives in a tool shed. So that she could live a, a holy life dedicated. Now, she was telling me a Bible story about David, and it just, man, the light bulb went off. <clears throat> it was talking about the ephod. And um, David would go to the uh, priest, and the woman and woman, you know, and, and the ephod um, had to be there so that he could get the interpretation from the Levitical priests. But then um, the Lord had prophesied through one of the prophets and said, this time you don't need it. This time I am going to speak to you directly because in the future, in the latter days, there will be a time when the, when this will be away and everybody will hear my voice clearly as you're going to hear it now without the Uman and Tuman or any interpretation. So he was able to get, instead of going and referring to the tablet of judgment, which is what the ephod is, he could get it directly from God. And it was a mirror to a day when all of us, and that's talking about us. We no longer need a vessel or a rite of passage. Now we have the indwelling Holy Spirit that can give us the interpretation or understanding of all that we need to know at a time of when we need to know something. Right. And what an honor that is for us. That's part of the scriptures about being the manifestation of the sons of God. When Satan's throwing everything at us, God is trying to say to us, I have, you can have all the gifts working within you. You don't, you're not a specialist anymore. You're my child. You inherit all things so that you can fight the enemy on a spiritual level plane. So 
what I need to say to the guys up north and anyone, know what God's plan is. Know that he's in control. You don't have to react. Sometimes by you not reacting, you're allowing them to fall into their own pit. And by their own words, by their own doings, they're going to they're going to implode themselves. Or they're going to be manifested so that all the world will go, oh, my God, how could I have been a part of that? This is disgusting. Guys, this is what's happening in Detroit. You know, Detroit is the only place that nobody has looted, rioted, or burned a bunch of stuff up. Right. It's because... There has been a uniting effort within the body of Christ in in social, in racial, in um, in denominationism, schism. This is something that you know the guy I work with, Pastor Steve Upshur, he has devoted forty years of patiently having the same message, the message of John the Baptist and Elijah of reconciliation one to another. Um, but it's almost like it's like the the parable of the foxes that go in and nip at the grapevine and next thing you know over a lot of years or a lot of time all these little foxes sneaking in the back door nipping away destroy an entire vineyard but nobody sees it coming because it stayed small and little and and snuck in well in a way his ministry has been the, the opposite here's this little dead grapevine barely hanging on to life and he goes and adds gospel seeds to it and it keeps growing bigger and bigger, but yet his little ministry stays small, under the radar, insignificant. But after doing that for 40 years, he's got a huge vineyard that nobody even saw. They never knew it was even alive. During the pandemic, all of a sudden, and during the, the protesting riots, totally unaffected by what the New World Order wanted to, to do. We are the only city that still loves each other, that respects the police, police respect. I mean, there's other people involved, a mayor, a Democratic mayor who is an awesome man that, although I could never vote for him because he's, you know, on a Democratic party that says it's okay to commit genocide to infants. Um, but I like to, the man himself is an awesome guy. He doesn't care who you are, what you think, or what you believe. If you're willing to make Detroit uh, great again, he's all for uh, having you hop on the uh, board. Um, we got a police chief. His when he first came on board, he was getting $250,000 a year. I thought, this is ridiculous. Within a year, he proved himself worth every penny by cleaning up the Detroit police force, by making everybody, you are black or white, whatever you are, you're going to protect and you're going to serve. If you don't do your job, we'll get rid of you and we'll replace you. Well, they've got such good community relationships between all these people. Everybody really loves each other. Uh, we've had so much years of conditioning. Hester Steve's unrelenting service to the message of peace has caused um, a unity. So that me being an old guy, I go to a store, you know, to like my local Walmart, I go in there to get, you know, my prescriptions and I get them practically nothing. Um, I go in there and I have black people go out of their way to be nice. Oh, excuse me. Sir. I, I mean, and they're just loving on me. And I can see it in their eyes. I can feel what they're thinking. They're trying to say in their actions, they're trying to say, we're not the ones you see on TV. We want to stay connected. We don't want to buy into this stuff. Please see this. And I just love back even twice as much on them, you know, and, and just loving back and, and saying thank you very much. And just we're like Chip and Dale, you know, out trying to pollute each other. <laughs> and, and and that's the way it should be. And so that's what's happening. It's like a desperation that everybody wants to hang on to that sense of unity, not break away from it. There's others that go out of their way and flaunt, and, you know, and, and snide and snicker and whatever. But, you know, it's wheat and tear time. You've got to expect that that's what's going to happen. But the majority of people in Detroit, they don't want this, man. They want to keep that love. They want to keep that unity.
and I see us struggling, you know, to try to achieve that. Uh, the other pastor that, you know, has allowed me to preach and teach some of this stuff in his congregation until the elders told him to, you know, no more. You know, they told the pastor that. You know, that's not the way a church is supposed to be organized. But um, he has equipped his uh, people to expect the unexpected. Even though they're nervous about all the stuff that I do, and many of them are, they're well-equipped and well-prepared. They're prepared for the unexpected, and guess what? It's all the stuff that I've been talking about. They don't know it yet, but they will. When things don't happen the way everybody thinks it's going to happen, that's why I, I, don't get, um, I don't get discouraged because, you know, in, in the shut-up shut time, I had three people in three months, so it's once a month. One person came to watch it or to look at the museum. I don't get the words right now, but it doesn't it doesn't bother me. There's going to be a day and a time when everybody's going to be rushing here to know and understand what's going on. And uh, I just keep on keeping on, just, you know, kind yeah. of on my own, but it's going to have a payoff someday, and it, it's it's going to work. Everything is time, and I don't get uh, discouraged. That's what I want to pass on to the militias up north. See God's plan, know it, have patience to wait. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You can have the peace that passes all understanding, but let God be God. Let it let him do everything in his time. And when he says move, the brother, I'll be right behind you, right next to your side, we'll move. But if right. that date should not have to happen, then thank God, you know, he's got a more peaceful way. But I, I'm leaving the option that, you know what, I could maybe pick up a gun and defend my family and my home. I, I have that option, and I'm open to that. If God is directing my steps that way, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And if not, I can wait on him. I, I, that's the important thing. I just want to know that I'm letting him direct my steps and where they need to be. And, well, that's why I'm downtown on a <laughs> six lanes one way and six lanes the other way. It doesn't get a bigger highway than what I'm sitting on. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's different. And my yard is a rooftop. Oh, we had oh, our party the other night. It was awesome. It was a little bit of people from every aspect of ministry that I work with. And this is the first time they got to meet each other and work and, and, and have a time of fellowship with each other. It was just, it was fantastic. You didn't uh, collapse the roof? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, you know, kind of the, one of the first things I checked was the building specs to find out this is a steel reinforced roof. I mean, it was made to, yeah, I could have 200 people on there and it wouldn't hurt the thing. It's all steel reinforced right into the, uh, framework of the thing and it's a flat rolled roof hot rolled roof so you know wear shoes don't go on this thing this even though it's got an illuminized uh reflective covering on it it's still you want to wear feet. shoes you want to wear shoes yeah um yep. but it's i had it carpeted i got my garden out there i got i'm growing a garden it's starting to look like a jungle instead of a garden gnome i got this statue um it's uh, uh, it was a kid in a later hose, and it was actually a famous thing. My kid chopped my my youngest son David chopped the head of the thing off because the kids were terrified of it. So he wanted to show that there was nothing to be afraid of. This thing was probably worth a lot of money too, and he knew it. But he loved his kids more. And he wanted to make this uh, object lesson for them so that they would know. This it was a freaky statue. It was like. And I'm not knocking Catholic religion, but some of your statues are freaky. I don't care what's, where you're standing in the room, those darn eyeballs are looking at you every second you're looking at them. And they're just creepy. And so this statue was the same way. Creepy statue. The eyes are looking at you all the time, no matter where you're moving. So he took a hatchet and knocked the head off and then threw the head away. I wish he would have kept it. But I had a dummy head. So I painted it gray. I got uh, the bubble 
shaded glasses, cut them down, use the rim as the eyebrow. And I sculpted it and molded it in and made it into a garden gray gnome. I mean, other people have little garden gnomes. I, why shouldn't I have a, a gnome, too, in my garden? So he's a little gray alien uh, with wearing a, um, an aluminum uh, tinfoil hat. I figured that was appropriate to go along with it, too. It looks as hilarious as heck. I'll have to send a picture to you guys over him. But uh, So there was a lot of, you know, just fun. It was just a night of relaxing and having fun. As we're, I'm watching everybody, I'm looking and I'm really realizing something. All of these people are so committed to the Lord that they have burned themselves out in these last few months, just tirelessly using their gifting to help others, to be not afraid, to encourage them, to motivate them, to pray for everybody. And I realized, man, this is so I see I had kind of like a schedule. We were going to enter into worship and praise and a little bit of a sermon at then we're going to be going to things. You know what? Nothing. We just had pure fun, relaxing, fun and fellowship. And that's what they needed. That, and then they realized, oh, my gosh, this is what they needed. Thanks, Lord. We didn't need the other part. I mean, it's appropriate and has its time. But these people are tired and weary. They just needed a night where they could just come, relax, and enjoy. And that's what it was. So that was good. I'm, I'm glad it worked out that way. But uh, that's what I saw in all of the people. They were people. And, and Pastor Steve came. Did a great job of filming everything, man. It was. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> he did. A, he did a good job of doing that. Um, you know, he came back later. <laughs> he brought his daughter up. <laughs> hey, right. it's not too late. You had you had the door open. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm sitting there eating uh, cheese and crackers and watching a, a oh, it was a Twilight Zone marathon. So I'm uh, you know me. I'm okay. I'm geeked out for the rest of the night. I'm just keeping the TV on. I'll fall asleep, wake up, and just enjoy it all night long. And that's what I did. But here I was geeking out like that, and I didn't have a shirt on. Um, I I did have pants on at least. Thank God for that. But, you know, I live in yeah. upstairs. Nobody can look in and see anything. So, you know, I just, you know, there's only me and the cat. And the cat doesn't care as long as I feed her. She needs me staying there. Yeah, right. And, uh, you know, it's, you know how it is. Dogs, your little doggies, like my little kitties, you know, same same kind of thing. They run the house as long as I, I feed them. Evolved, though. Evolved, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because they know where to go. <laughs> Although, you know, the little means are that, you know, the, the dog thinks that we're God because we take care of all their needs. Uh, the cat thinks she's God or he, he or she's God because we take care of all their needs. So it's a matter of perspective, I guess. Dogs might have a little bit more loyalty on hand, but the cats are a little more vain. Well, but, they, they know the pecking order because they all salute the fire hydrant. <laughs> yeah, that's you know? true. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, dogs are awesome. I don't know what we do without them. But, um, yeah, so um, I was uh, – who was I talking to today? Uh, oh, no, I was listening to Mike Savage again. And uh, he's been having a lot of problems with uh, – uh, getting uh, his message out, uh, he had one day where uh, all of his phone lines went dead. Doesn't that sound familiar? Oh, yeah, it sure does. He had another day where uh, he lost his Internet connection, and he had something that I from a really blast from the past, Eric, an ISDN, I think it was called. Oh, yeah, uh, I, yeah. I remember what that is. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that, so that, had... was the, that was the cream of the crop uh, during dial-up time. Yeah, so he had one of those, and he had actually had it operating so he could get on the air. Oh, wow. But, uh, you know, 
and to his credit, you know, this guy's been on the air since, what, the early 1990s. I remember listening to him when he was uh, only in San Francisco, you know, and uh, I was one of the faithful listeners, and I have been. I think I've got all of his books, but um, he he's getting to the point where he's he's just getting so tired and so burnt out of all the all the stuff that's going on that he's he's ready to just stop, you know. And and I can totally understand that, you know, because he doesn't have the uh, he doesn't have the Lord to keep him going. That's for sure. But uh, you know, last I think in January he had a heart attack and. Um, you know, and, and things have been happening, kind of weird things, like I just mentioned, you know, and, and he's like, you know, I'm, I'm getting kind of too old for this kind of stuff anymore. And, and, and I'm really feeling like maybe it's, it's time to start wrapping things up. And, and when he says that, it makes you wonder if he's just, just saying it so that people go, oh, don't go, don't go away, <laughs> you know. But at the same time, you know, when you when you're in your late seventies, you know, and you've been doing this for so many years and writing these books for so many years, and trying to get people to listen, and um, you know, he was um, very frustrated with Trump, um, and like like I mentioned earlier, and I think we we talked about this, but um, you know, enough of the talk, start doing stuff, and. And uh, and I would exhort people, you know, that if you're feeling that way, and I know that a lot of us are, you know, but you have to realize that there's there's a lot to this. That um, I don't know if you've ever dug up an old tree, but um, the smartest way to do it is have somebody come out with a stump grinder and just grind the thing right down. But uh, sometimes you gotta you gotta dig them up, and you, so you gotta. Um, you dig all around them, and then you got to dig around the roots that are going way out, and you know you got to eventually cut them uh, once they, you know, they're they're underground and they're not sticking up out of the ground anymore. And um, but they're a real chore to get rid of, and that's what the deep state is like. I know a lot of times on um, on uh, on Q they'll show like a tree with all the roots, you know, to symbolize the deep state, and mm-hmm. uh, and. You know, roots or maybe a multi-legged octopus, you know, or <laughs> or something like that that's got its tentacles into everything. And, and this thing, yeah, like you said, you got to chop off one tentacle at a time. Yeah. You know, otherwise, you know, you're going to be in, in a war with, uh, you know, 2,000 tentacles coming after you, and it's going to get you. Mm-hmm. And, um you know, his his world is probably a lot like a science fiction world when it comes to uh, the deep state. You know, it's he's got to he's got to act carefully. He's got to um, he's got to know which which uh, arm of the octopus or what root to cut so that he doesn't kill the whole tree at once, you know, or kill the whole beast at once. And um, I, I wouldn't have his job for, you know, if they offered it to me for all the power and wealth in the world. Um, but uh, I've got a lot of admiration for the guy because he's taken on a lot. And I think that he realized early on that the only way he was going to be able to fight this is with the help of God. You know, I, I don't think that he, I don't think when he first got in that he had a, a working relationship with God, but I know he's got one now. Um, oh yeah. And I, I was really impressed at the, uh, the ceremony in front of uh, in your home state there, Eric, uh, Mount oh, yeah. Rushmore. Yeah, he, oh, uh, yeah. He, he gave a very pretty solid speech um, as far as I'm concerned. And did you notice the dress that Melania yes. was wearing? 
And do you know the significance of that dress? Yeah, it was it was uh, the drawings of children that have been abused, sexually abused by the uh, deep Bingo. state. Yeah. Mm. Yes. And you know yep. the, the, they were making fun of it. Oh, look at that! It looks like Trump was drawn on it with a marks a lot during the airplane flight. Yep. You know, I. Yep. See, they they do. She does that on purpose. She'll wear certain things to project certain things, and that's right. not the first time she's done it. Right. Um, and I. I know what they're doing, so, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, yeah, I thought it was a very good speech. Um, you know, they're, they're calling for, to tear down Mount Rushmore. It's, you know, 4th of July is a it's white supremacist, white supremacist, uh, supremacist holiday. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's right. just, Good it's Lord. just insane. I just, how did we get here? Yeah. <laughs> They were well, showing you know, a picture. This... They were showing a picture the other day of Los Angeles, and supposedly uh, Gavin uh, Nauseam, I think, is what what uh, um, Savage calls him. Um, you know, and he had an edict: no fireworks in Los Angeles. <laughs> well, yeah. everybody well, ignored that. It's interesting. Our governor, I think, I can't remember if it was CNN or what news station I had asked her. You know, well, how are you going to handle the protests? protesters on uh when trump comes to mount rushmore she just looks at the camera oh that won't be a problem yeah right <laughs> i mean that's literally what she said and it was no problem i mean we they did have some uh, um some pro- protesters that were blocking roads they just they just took them out or removed them immediately yeah. you yeah. know there was you know they didn't fool around they didn't care so you have the right to protest but you can't block the flow of traffic where, where people are traveling you yeah you know you definitely have the freedom to protest, you know, but some people think that, they, that that's their right. They can block a road or, you know, inflict violence upon the innocent, you know, if they see their cause, it's just. Um, uh-huh. And of course, I never I can never understand that if you are so concerned about, you know, unjust things being do, doing to being done to people. Why would you do that to others? You know, right. It doesn't make any sense logically when I think it through. But it's it's not logical. It's all meant no. to. Uh, cause chaos and duress and all well, this stuff. So one well, one thing that that um, Savage pointed out today, which I thought was very very interesting and very enlightening, um, he was talking about some gal that was basically talking about how to take a statue down, um, and not peacefully either. Now, and she qualified it. Well, I'm not telling you that you have to go out and do this, and I'm not telling you that you should go out and do. This, but this is how you would do it. Yeah, well, you're planting what, the idea. Yeah, but what he explained was that the internet is is you know not just within your state; it's within all the states, it's within all the world. So what she was doing is that she was giving instructions on how to destroy a, a national monument crossing state lines, which is definitely a federal offense. And so, you know, he was calling for the immediate arrest of this woman, and we'll see if that happens. But um, these people got to realize, and we got to realize, too, you know, that when we say stuff, um, you know, and, and I'm not saying you and I and Jim, but people in general, that when you say stuff, what you say in this country, although we have rights and everything like that, it could start something in another country that um, – you know, uh, like like for instance, if I were to say something like, "Yeah, I call for my brothers in China to rise up," 
you know, now I'm not doing that. Okay. I'm just using this as an example, <laughs> you know, to rise up and, and, and to protest. Well, yeah, I'm not breaking any laws here, but I've just broken major laws in China. And if I were ever to travel to China, I'm getting thrown in jail, you know? So what you do on the internet, yes, we have freedom of speech, but we, you know, people need to be careful about what they say uh, because it has far-reaching impacts. You wouldn't uh, get thrown in jail in China. You would just disappear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, yeah, yeah. Well, here here you would commit suicide. Even though you were on the way to, you know, something important, you turn off the road and decided to, to shoot right. yourself in the back of the head. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. With with your non-dominant hand. Um. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh goodness. But um, you know this. Uh, I got a really a really good feeling um, that the uh, the Clinton machine is going to go down real quick. Um, yeah. 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 It is. Yeah. It's uh, they're they're really starting to talk about that, and they're starting to talk about Obama a lot too. Yep. Um, Trump is calling them out. Uh, one guy on the internet. He was calling on President Trump to to call on the president of Kenya and ask him to lift the um, the restrictions, uh, the COVID restrictions in Kenya, because only so many people have the disease over there. And I'm like, what kind of idiot are you? You know, <laughs> I said, first of all, if you want to get it done, have Obama go over there and do it because he was born there, for goodness sakes. You know, and they'd probably listen to him before they listened to Trump. But, you know, the the gall, the unmitigated gall of thinking that Trump is going to drop everything and and demand that that uh, the president of another country do something that we haven't even done in this country. You know, and I'm like, what kind of, you know, that's another thing about the interdimensionals. You know, it's it's like, are these some of these people on Facebook from our dimension or are they from? You know, have they been imported? Did they walk through the Stargate at uh, CERN or something? You know, it's well. You think think about this, and this is one of the themes of uh, one of the sci-fi movies I recently watched. That that when a transference of one dimension that they liked came over, some of the people came over, right, and replaced who were or weren't here in, to begin with. So, uh-huh. um. That's why some people. Uh, That's wild. I, I can't even go. I can't in well, in a personal application. I know someone who has a completely different story, and I see that they actually believe it to a relationship that I had with that person. They see it like, I, and I thought, "What are you from another dimension?" I go, "Oh my god!" So could that be? What has happened here? I don't. Well, right. I'd like to bring up a, maybe a point, and this goes sure. to, back to my childhood slightly. Um, so, as a a kid, I always watched this cartoon on TV called Justice League, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they addressed the multiverse. My uh, kids watched that, so I know what you're talking about. Okay, yeah. so the, basically, I think the Justice League in the one dimension. Discover, discovers a multiverse and goes into the multiverse and they meet up with the, they're identical, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the identical Superman, Wonder Woman, you know, the other people. Except in their dimension, uh, they decided just to take over and control everything, kind of like a dictator. And they were mm. called the Justice Lords. So what they did was actually uh, 
imprisoned uh, the Justice League in their dimension, and then they traveled over to uh, our the Justice League. Yes, yeah. Justice League d- dimension, and uh, posing as them, and then um, exerting their control over the Justice League dimension uh, for a time. So there you go. Now, obviously, that was with superheroes, but but the same concept of you know, could it could it be that you know, you have people coming over from other dimensions in here, and either, well, I don't know what they do with the people here. They probably they probably kill them. You know, man, the man in the high tower had the same thing toward it at the end, sort of, didn't it? Oh, High Castle. Uh, yeah, he's on the High Tower. Yeah, well, that started with Jim. He he had a Mr. Magoo moment there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jim. What's what? The man you call it? You know, you kept on calling it. I think the last radio show, the Man in the High Tower, and I just about cringed. But <laughs> <laughs> no, at the end, the very it's last episode. In a High Castle. Yeah. yeah. The, the very last episode. I don't know if you remember, but when they uh, when they breached. Uh, Due to the uh, other universe or the other, you know, reality. Right, right. Um, a whole bunch of people came back. Do you remember that? Right. Now those yeah, are probably that, people that disappeared. Right. I think they no, they were volunteers. Uh, yeah, they they and they volunteered to come back to fight uh, the Nazis in this dimension, so that they wouldn't take over, you know, and continue to try to conquer all the others. And I think you're right. I think they were displaced people that were displaced into the wrong ones that actually were from here to come back to fight. Right. So like a replacement. Now, if you notice in some of them, um, when they were being sent, sent over, only some were allowed to go and the others just melted into a puddle of, you know, horrible goo It's because they already had a representative over there. So they couldn't cross over, but the ones that went over did not have a representative in that, realm anyway or something like that that was going on right um right so you know and and i was just about to say that in the transference there would have to be rules that would have to be dictated according to the word of god which and i'm saying if this is a fact we could no we should find scripture that would allude to that we haven't yet but you know what i'm gonna start praying about it we'll find if there's any there we're gonna find it because this can't be left too loosely ended. If it's something that's a reality that God's trying to show us, we will find scripture that alludes to it at least, or that, that actually maybe even comes out in the original language and says that this is the way it's done or not done. But something will be there. There'll be clarity. If it's of God, there'll always be a scriptural clarity. And I think that's the premise that we've always run on, and hopefully we're going to always continue to run on. You know, it's it's there's nothing wrong to consider it. Right. Talk about the possibilities, but I'm not locking myself into anything until I see it in the Word of God. Exactly. Right well, now, I explained. Here's what I'll, I, throw, I'll throw at you right now. Yeah. I'll throw at you now, Jim. Uh, and I know that this is, you know, a lot of times when Jesus talked and 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 God said things in Scripture, it had so not just dual meaning. Sometimes it had a variety of different meanings. Right. And right. Jesus said that he said that I have a flock that you don't know about, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm mad libbing here. So help me. But, and I have to, uh, and, and they're going to be joining you or something like that. Now I know it was talking about the Gentiles. Right. But it also could have been talking about, um, 
multiverses too. You know what? I, you know what? I'll tell you that is a good scripture and a good place to begin with, and really look at everything in context because it might be. You know, if it's anything prophetic, well, at least the rules are in the Old Testament. It's always oh. in a, it's always with a prepositional phrase. Is are this you, in the New Testament the same way? I don't know. Let's find out. Are Go you ahead. saying there's a, there's a possibility that the elect of God is actually spread through the multiverse? Um, yeah, it could be. Let's keep an open mind and see. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know if it is, but it, it is something to least to ponder. There's, there's something there. Remember, Eric, one time you said, what about the cloven tongues? And on the day of Pentecost, remember you asked yes. me that, and yeah. then I look and I go, "Oh my gosh, this was a major epiphany." My gosh, it's separating the left brain from the right brain to get a clear. Pe- oh my gosh, that there was so much there, Eric. Uh, and just in your little tidbit, so Dave's tidbit here, we're going to find something that's going to give clarity, either right or wrong. Hey, I don't care, just so long as I got clarity. You know what I'm saying? That's the way we've always worked it, and that's the way we'll always continue to work it. We get clarity by the word of God, then I'm good with it. They either say, no, nah, it's crap, or okay, it's great, it's golden. It's, it's what we thought. It's still pretty wild, though. Yeah, it's, it is. Well, to think, but, to think about you know, it at the very least. You yeah. Know? But you know what the thing is? This is our reality. It yeah. really is. Um, that's what's happening. That's why people, you know, remember one thing as opposed to another. But the thing that has never changed is the word of God. That is not going to happen. God's sovereignty over it. He's not going to, you know, no. He, that's the last thing he's going to let you be tampered with. Um, mm-hmm. And some things, you know, are some things I don't think, well, when he opens up the book of life, what's he opening up? He's opening up the Bible. Our birth dates and our death dates, every one of us are there. But you know what? It's a cube. It's for it's it's a fourth dimensional book. I'll bet you can only see that uh, reading it outside of time. Right. You can't you can't read it in this dimension and get the whole story. Matter of fact, what we actually getting in the form of a Bible code is after the fact, always after the fact, not beforehand. Mm-hmm. And and I think that is why so encrypted is all of their birth dates and and everything in the book of life. But you'll only be able to read that part. In four dimensions, right? Yeah, you know, um, and this. Uh, I win song is asking: Is it possible Jesus is in, incarnated or incarnates in multiverses? You know, what about his death? Did that happen in a multiverse? I mean, it well, would have had to all happen at the same time because if, he said if, it is finished. If the if the ripple effect of a multiverse with alternate universes is true, he died for everyone, everywhere all times to the four corners of the earth so you know even looking at any of the scriptures about four corners it means wherever god's people were scattered he is able to bring them back where they belong in his universe so yeah i would say it included every ripple effect to every little microcosmic uh universe like i said it's it's actually infinity is sin had gone in this realm in satan's little pinocchio world it went to infinity Right. So um, to that level, he's able to reconcile all things to himself. So reconciliation to himself. I already looked at that in the Greek. Man, it means I don't his arm. When he says my arm is not too short to save. See, these are all the scriptures that tell us however big and vast sin is. He has reached out and permeated everything anywhere, all the places. So in Satan's domain, the ripple effect is probably gone on to infinity. But it's it's like in a hall of mirrors, you know. None of it's really real, but yet it does exist as a a, a, 
an image of being real. So all of this has to implode eventually to be one giant lake of fire. Right. <laughs> you know? Oh, I mean, before hmm? I forget, I got I got to run something by you. Um, you you mentioned in um in your work that um you know that's that Cain went to the uh, land east of Eden, yes. the land of Nod. And that it's uh, it was probably the um, the inner earth and the entrances at the South Pole. Right now, we don't know what direction the earth spun before the flood. And the flood could have actually hidden a lot that happened during the You know, the whole spin changed. Oh, absolutely. Um, Now, if now if you were to I got to go on to Google Earth the other day. And I like doing things like this because I'm a, a geek and I got, you know, I got a life <laughs> like this. But anyway, so I got on Google Earth and I put the South Pole due east, okay, like on the right-hand side, which would put the North Pole on the left-hand side. And I started spinning it, and Jerusalem is dead center in what would have been the equator at that time. Okay. Huh. Now, if... And it, it means a whole different aspect now to the size of the north because the north is really the east. Um, because we know that the south pole isn't really the south pole. It's really the north pole, magnetically speaking. So <clears throat> anyway, the east could have one time been the north or vice versa. And um, and maybe they're not trying to make the Earth into a zero. Maybe they're trying to spin it 90 degrees. And if they spun it 90 degrees, they would have to do it to where it's going in its spin right now because it spins, you know, uh, from west to east, right, because the sun comes up in the east. So it would have to actually spin and tilt at the same time. Right. And, th- and then uh, and that like would gyros- actually. Like a, like a gyroscope. Yeah, and that would cause it to start spinning. Right. Yeah. On an axis that where the poles are now, that and then uh, it would put the North and South Pole in really weird places. You have to get Google Earth and check it out. But uh, it would explain the East of Eden, as and and it would allow uh, it would allow Antarctica to be East of Eden, and hmm. because that would be the East, because the sun would r- rise from that direction. And because uh, they were talking about an ancient. Uh, there's an ancient Chinese proverb. It's one of the oldest Chinese proverbs that there are that talks about the sun once having risen from the north. Really? That's yes. interesting. Wow. Yeah. So, anyway. Well, and we, some... you know, and we see that the earth did have an axis shift right after the flood. Right. And so that changed everything. And even, you know, the, the north star was once uh, Draconius. Now it's um, Polaris. I mean, right. so things shifted yeah but it could have been during the flood too because we um, don't know when those angels were locked up we know that they right, were right yeah but we know it was in that time period so it could have been right. during the time of the flood and i think it was a what was it Raphael was the one that was sent out into the <clears throat> into the east to uh take azazel out there and and uh put him in the pit but um anyway it's just it adds some very uh, interesting uh we we I gotta I gotta stop for a second. We got a um we've got a listener named Tim. I won't say your last name in case you don't want me to, but he's he keeps he says we rock first of all, and you know, <laughs> that's that's because of the Lord. It's not because of us. But he yeah. says he listens every week, if not live. I always listen to the replay. I never thought that the Mandela effect was real until I hear you guys talk about it tonight. That's amazing. 
which Star Trek um, last episode shows uh, what is about to occur? Was it Star Trek original or was it something different? It was it was the last prequel that was played. It was the um, Star Trek Discovery. And this is where the gal that used to play, uh, she's an awesome actress, uh, um, a black gal. Um, she played uh, in The Walking Dead. And she had a really, she's really a good actress. Um, she was the science officer on the uh, USS Discovery. And they had discovered um, there was this kind of, they thought maybe a, a nemesis that actually was actually protecting her in particular, but um, in different dangerous situations. And it was a crossing of space and time. But then she come to find out it was also a dimensional thing. And it was her own mother that was protecting her. Her own mother had discovered, as a scientist, had discovered this ability to be outside of time. And so she was correcting time and protecting things, you know, mainly about her. And so she's following in mom's footsteps. She has the discovery that actually is able to slip outside of time. And now that they're outside of time, they can see and observe every threat to history that could potentially set it on the wrong course. So they set it back on the right course. Now they're the new maintainers of, of, of this. But the last words in that last episode was when the future creates the past the present has to be revealed. And that's pretty darn profound because this is what ha has happened in our paradoxical world that we're stuck in right now. Our future, see, we've always been taught that the war in heaven happened in some pre-Adamic way long, long time ago. In our linear experience here, it has not happened yet. Right. This is what CERN does in the last of the last days. It opens up this pit and allows this, you know, locust invasion to take place. But it's taken a place not only in, from a hollow earth into the outside, but it's a laminated version of an earth that isn't even real that's been laminated from alternate dimensions that have created, like I said earlier, oh, we like the fact that uh, the Democratic Party over here took over the world as socialists. Let's bring a certain element of that over to ours. We like the fact that over here... The um, the gays took over the world with a gay rights thing, and now it's you know it's it's uh, uh, sexual identity run amok. Let's bring an element of that over to here, and the same thing with a few other things. So now we've got this great tribulation of time, space, and dimension that has become our reality. So the future created the past. The war in heaven hasn't happened yet. When it does, the pit is open, and in the same but opposite, when Jesus died, he told the thief on the cross, this night you will be with me in paradise. Paradise was inside the earth. He went inside the earth. He didn't ascend into heaven until 40 days later. So he went inside the earth. He was there three days, then rose. Then the people that were in the upper chamber went to be in the immediate presence of the Lord. Some of them went through um, Jerusalem proclaiming the resurrection of, of Jesus Christ. Now, he stayed and ministered for 40 days. But before he did that, before he ascended into heaven, he went back down and made an open show of a humility to all of those that thought they had beat him by putting him on a cross. No, what you have done is finished my will. 
and it was your undoing. Matter of fact, what I'm going to do, your current position, you're dead, you're not going to raise. But I am intervening right now and telling you I'm going to raise you up as an army to your total destruction, and even your name is going to be forgotten. Now, they're very vain. They want their names to be known. That's why um, some in the alien contact and everything, um, what is it, Semyaze, the, the chief one that started this rebellion Semyaze, in the first place, yeah. Semyaze, yeah. Um, he had to keep his name to, you know, he, they're just vain. That's the way they are. It's like, oh, these aliens are the same names as the fallen angels, or, well, we call fallen residents that came from heaven to earth. Wow, they kept their names. Well, isn't this easy to make a comparison? Hey, do you think these aliens are the same fallen angels that we hear of in, uh, uh, in, in the biblical stories? Well, yeah, they're one and the same. And then when you find out who the sons of God really are, oh, that really messes up your day, uh, theological uh, day for a while. Um, there's only one sons of God. There always has been. So when the invasion happens on heaven, can you imagine? You know, we've talked about this before, and so some of our audience might, you know, be new to this. But I mean, presuming that this hasn't happened yet, presuming that when Job says that that when this um, accidental landing of those that go into the earth are relatives of the ones inside the earth. They look just like them. That's caused the, the accidental landing in the extreme south southern point. That was the the fleed uh, the fleeing Nazis that came to base two eleven made contact with the inner chiefs that Helena Polarowski talked about, which were the descendants of Cain that looked just like them, big white guys with a bad attitude, and guess what? They unite. And the United, just as Blavatsky had predicted, and the prophecies are coming true, and now they're about to be released. Those that are along the 33.3 degree line, the great chasm between the physical literal hollow earth and the etherical um, band, that's where the Antichrist comes from with the locust thing in the end time. They don't go back into the earth. They go into heaven and make war with heaven. That's the future, and this is with the assistance and the aid of CERN in completing this disruption or this great tribulation. So this is the future creating the past. They lose the war. They're cast back down to Earth on dry land amongst men, and now they think they're in Groundhog Day or um, uh, Edge of Tomorrow, which was with um, – um, Oh, that movie was, yeah. They think that they get to keep doing this like Groundhog Day over and over and over until they get it totally right. Edge of Night with, um, oh, come on. He's part of the um, darn um, Hollywood people that are in the um, the one cult group uh, that. that uh, well, that, that, that knocks it down to about 10,000. <laughs> yeah, well, the, 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 the main guy, uh, pretty boy guy that played in a race car driver, pilot driver, and. Oh, what the heck's his name? Come on, Jim G. Wiz. What was the movie? Dead or Alive? No, um, it was called Edge of Night. It was about a... Why can't I think of his name? But he played this airplane pilot in a big famous movie, and I can't remember. You know. Peter Graves? Um, no, no, no. New, new not movie. Not that airplane movie, huh? Way new, yeah. He was in the F-114 uh, Eagle. Okay. Oh, shoot. I'll remember it at three o'clock in the morning when it no longer really matters. But by the way, you know, um, as a maybe as a a tie that binds here, uh, you know that Sir, there there was a god named Sir 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 uh, Sirnos, right? 
Yeah. Uh, that was a Gaelic god that came from right around where CERN is right now. Uh, it was the horn god, the master of wild places and things. He was a mysterious Gaelic deity whose name is now referred to as many as the, the nameless hornless deities of Celtic world. Cermulus was a Gaelic god of beasts and wild places. Aren't, uh, aren't locust beasts? Um, often called the horn one, Cermulus was a mediator of man and nature, able to tame the predator and prey so that they may lay down together. Interesting, huh? Mm-hmm. The lion, the lion will lay down with the wolf, and um, it's, this is going to be a mockery of uh, Jesus when he comes back for his millennium, or a uh, uh, counterfeit that they'll try to pull off before that happens. So, anyway, more food for thought, something else to study. But um, anyway, I just got a message. Who did I get it from? Is that me. you, Eric? Oh, okay. No, bro. No, it's me. Oh, it's you? Oh, okay. Yeah. I think we were being told that it's it's pumpkin time. Yeah, you know, I'm looking for that darn Edge of Darkness movie, and I'm finding all kinds of different movies named it, and I never realized there was that many. Um, oh, well, it would be a good way to start out it. next time. So. Well, any, you know, anyways, it's, it's just it reflected the same concept and idea. Satan thinks he's going to keep having opportunities, a chance. But when Jesus died on the cross and said it is finished, that meant everything all the time, everywhere was That's finished. Right. His, his shed blood covered everything. It's only going to happen one time. You're not getting a second chance. The future has created the past. The paradox is there. How do we get stuck in this real, you know, weird, crazy thing where things, things seem to change overnight? Well, that's how come it needs to be revealed. You are here because somebody's tampered with space, time, and dimension, and this is the result of it. That's why you're in such a mess that it's so hard to explain or figure out, and the only logic behind it is there is science and technology that enabled man to actually do this because where you're stuck in isn't even real in the first place. When you understand quantum physics at its basic level, you see how that fits into the the um, tablet of judgment, the stones, um, you know, you see that in Ezekiel 28 compared to uh, the Leviticus where they, they're given stones to represent the 12 tribes of Israel. And each tribe has a symbolic name in, and prophetic name in their names. Man, the gematria that you did on certain key figures and everything, it's just this is not coincidence. This is taking no, the matrix and looking at it mathematically and breaking it down to its simplest elements. And it's, oh, my gosh. This stuff is real. We are stuck in a matrix. We are stuck in a computer model program. Think of it. This is the for gamers. This ought to be a real trip. You're in a video game. There is silicone base light against carbon base light. Star Trek. All its theme is about reconcil- trying to reconcile carbon with silicon. Except the poor silicons. You know, it's you know, and, and it it comes down to two seeds. Now, looking at it from a um, a Calvinist model is much easier to grasp because part of that does account for a two seed line. It counts for hybrid, not humans. There's always a potential for salvation. We don't know how much of what is what only God does. So our proper attitude should be pray for them all, let God sort them out. Yeah. And, and that's our great commission. You know, that's let God figure in the details. Let's just, Let's do what we can to end this madness by 
<clears throat> by putting out the gospel seeds to whosoever will and believing it that way. So in that yeah. sense, you know, I, I act like a, um, I think like a Calvinist and act like an Arminius. Both yeah. have a piece of the puzzle that fits like a glove. If they quit arguing with each other and get together, they find out how it fits. And God did it on purpose that way. You know, he, he sprinkled all the little pieces of a puzzle together to make us come together. But the only catalyst to bring us together is catastrophes. Um, yeah. You know, all the things that we're faced always with. Always the case. So, Yep. Whatever the devil has thrown us to cause us to for destruction, God is causing it for our growth to bring Amen. us to unity. So we're in a win situation. That's I love my little picture of uh, Alfred E. Newman. What me worry? Yeah. <laughs> now, right. now when I got the promises of God, when I know the plan of God, I'm grabbing my popcorn and watching the Looney Tunes. Ooh, popcorn. That sounds good right now. Ooh, I have some too. Me too. Mm-hmm. That'll be my go to bed before snack what, and i got pop, i got popcorns at really low carb you gotta pay a nickel on a dime i mean more than a nickel on a dime for it it's expensive but it's stuff can that popcorn I can be low carb yeah i, I don't know <laughs> I don't, I, I maybe don't, in another I, universe you know what, eric <laughs> I, I look, yeah, in the <laughs> yeah I'm sorry i'll tell you well you know it's slider food man what can i say you know yeah um uh, Okay. I don't know. I I looked at the ingredients and when it's got, you know, when it's got like 15 carbs and that's all there is to it. And I don't know how it got that way. I don't think I want to know. Per it's curl. good enough for me. It's, <laughs> Ooh, you know what? I never thought of the volume on it. It could, okay. maybe it is per kernel, not a per bowl. We got to let our audience go to sleep, guys. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. All right. Okay. Um, Hey, Lord, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for this show. We thank you for the frivolity we could have, but also the seriousness that we could have. We thank you for giving us the subject matter that we were able to present. And we thank you that you answered some questions, but you also brought up some interesting, um, you brought up some interesting questions that need to be answered. So, um, we thank you for that. Uh, we thank you for those who were in the chat room. Um, we think, let's see. Yeah, figures. Okay. Uh, Tim Parrish, and we thank you. For, oh, sorry, I said your last name, Tim. Sorry. And I win song. Uh, thank you for being here and with your suggestions and your kind words. Um, we thank you for our audience, Lord, uh, all around the world. And we just pray that until we meet next time, that uh, everybody will be blessed beyond their wildest imaginations and that all these things will be accomplished in your will and through your name. In your holy, precious name we pray, amen and amen. Amen. Hey, guys, can you stay on a minute? Yeah, just just a minute. Just a minute. Let me shut the show off. Good night, folks. All right, good night.